Oh, you're not gonna get away this time, are ya, Sasquatch? Oh, no. Oh, here we go. Oh, I'm chasing ya down, buddy. Oh, yeah, I... I... No, 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 crap. Oh, crap. Oh, no. Oh, crap. Oh. Good afternoon there, sir. Uh, you uh, you were moving at a pretty good pace there. As you know, that's why I had to uh, had to throw my lights on and pull you over there. Uh, oh, officer, I, I, I swear, I, I, I'm not doing anything wrong here. I... Okay, calm down. Oh, now, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, I was sitting there in my car oh. uh, just doing my job, you know, filling out paperwork, and I saw you go buzzing by me. Now, at the time, I didn't have my uh, my uh, radar on there, oh. so I turned it on, and it takes a good 15 uh, 15 uh, seconds to warm up oh, here. Crap. So I, uh, I then uh, started to folly what we call a pursuit. Uh, I started to pursue you, yeah. uh, and I was able to uh, still clock you uh, exceeding the speed limit there, and that uh, that that is not easy to do as these are poorly regulated roads with lots of straightaways. Uh, yeah, uh, officer, listen. Yeah, l- look, I, I I'm not a bad guy, okay? I I am not a bad guy, and I am just out here doing my civic duty as a patriot of Minnesota. And I swear, I I'm not doing. I'm not breaking the law. I, I hate I, to uh, I hate to interrupt you there, but uh, uh, you are breaking the law. And uh, but I I am I'm intrigued. I got to tell you by uh, your story. Now you said you're doing your duty as a, a citizen patriot. Uh, well, what- uh, officer, you see here, yeah, you, you see what I'm what I'm doing here is is I'm I'm chasing down a Sasquatch. I, I just saw him. He started in my backyard, and he was fooling around with my Rubbermaid trash bins. And I was like, hey there, Scratch, get out of that trash bins here. Get on out of here. And he took off. And I said, oh, uh, Martha, I'm going to go out there, and I am going to snap a picture of him. And so I jumped in my Oldsmobile here, and I jumped into the road, into the highway, and uh, we just started uh, chasing, and he runs fast. Did you know how fast Asquatch can run? He runs fast. That's that's the only reason why I would be going over the speed limit here is to snap a picture of Bigfoot. Well, I can tell you right now uh, that, that Bigfoot was clearly going in excess of 70 miles an hour. As uh, oh, that is crap. what I was able to uh, 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 use the radar gun to capture you at. And you uh, are in a bit of luck, sir, because as it happens, I am one of the few men on the uh, the police force who is an avid uh, squatch hunter myself and have spent many uh, an hour in these woods. And I am well familiar with the uh, speed and patterning of the uh, North American male Sasquatch. Get on out of town. And I'll tell you what, sir, uh, not only will I not write you a ticket, but I will also accompany you if you will uh, move to the passenger seat of your vehicle owing to um, some abuses last year. We are no longer allowed to use uh, police resources for the pursuit of Sasquatch. Well, I'll just scoot on over here. You you come on and get in oh, this okay. car here. And just, you, you I, do whatever you need to state do. State law you, requires you, me to get your permission to adjust both the rear view and side view mirrors. You have my permission. It's fine. You okay, do whatever okay. you need to do. But Okey let's get dokey. on this road here because that Sasquatch is getting further and further with every let's minute. Let's some Squatch. All right, here we go. Do you uh do you do you like hauling oats? Oh crap! Oh.
Watch out, boy. We'll chew you up. Acoustically. <laughs> well, welcome on in here to Blurry Photos. Um, <laughs> so if you were wondering, so do you guys ever just want to do an accent and then scrabble together an idea around that? The answer? Never. Except for always. <laughs> yeah. That <laughs> welcome to Blurry Photos. Hey, everybody. I'm David Flora. I'm David Stecco. Got a good episode for you tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, you put a hook on that one. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Oh, Ooh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, hope everybody's doing well. We've uh, This week, we're filling out a missing persons report mm. on between 20 and 2,000 <laughs> uh, poor individuals. Yeah. Uh, this is this is a, a, a classic mystery with um, kind of some neat angles on it. It it has many neat angles and <laughs> say say that with an Irish accent. It has many neat it angles. Has many neat angles. <laughs> Each angle neater than the person before. No, we're it's no. going to be a while before we can before we're allowed to do an Irish accent on We've this. Got to win cred back for that. Uh, yeah, we got a, a real juicy mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of uh, kind of like a a gusher uh, of <laughs> of mystery. Mostly because uh, it's bad for you. Yeah. And we're at your teeth. Mm-hmm. And it's... children love it! Tonight we're talking about the Lake and Jacuni disappearances. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, I don't know, it's it's hard. Is it disappearances or disappearance? You, the the uh, way I, I, I asked myself the same question, uh-huh. and the way I looked at it is if it was a disappearance, the whole village or the lake itself would be gone. But the disappearance is carries more of a a plural of what's going on here. I respectfully disagree. Oh yeah. Because I think that we're talking about a single event that led to the disappearance of the people. Maybe we should revisit this when people know what we're talking about oh, though. Man. Yeah. I got to tell you once again, we don't we don't mean to do this, but we already said uh we don't mean to like drag this part out, but this is us discussing it preliminarily. Sure. Uh Lake Anjakuni um, was the site of a small Inuit fishing village of between 20 or 2,000 people. <laughs> um, the number's smaller. Like, as the tale gets told over time, the number of people who are claimed to have disappeared goes up. But let's say between 20 and 30 people, for the sake of argument, and we'll, we'll go back to that number. Yeah. Uh, and so we're, what we're going to cover here is what happened yeah. to this village and... Uh, what what are some possible explanations for mm-hmm. it? Let's start out by talking about where this is. Yeah, uh, in the world. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, it's easy. It's in Nanavut. You know, you know where Nanavut. that is. Nanavut, Nunavut. It's Nanavut. in Canada. Nunavut. It's part of Canada. Manitoba. It, it is in it is in Canada. Uh, the Nunavut territory um, is above Manitoba, which, mm-hmm. uh, if you need more, it's above North Dakota. Yeah, it's it's north in central Minnesota. Canada. Yeah, like right smack dab in the middle. Yep. Um, well, crap. <laughs> and there's uh, there's this lake there, Anjakuni. Mm-hmm. And if you like pike, and if you like trout, then you like Anjakuni. Right. It's uh, situated along the Kazan River, and it's it's far enough north, right? It, in terms of uh, territories. It's about four to five hundred kilometers north of the border of Manitoba. If uh, for for our Canadian friends who need a little little more, 
<laughs> need a little yeah. more specificity. I I, I know we I, I mean, we made that great big declaration of love to Canada. So Canadian listeners, Canadian, let, let's hear it. I want to hear from you guys. Nothing yet. <laughs> Nothing yet. <laughs> oh man, I hope. I mean, I understand we were getting really specific with our Wiccan requests. But I, yeah. I just left it over to I just left it to citizens of this giant country. <laughs> You're getting better. You're getting better. Yeah. Let's tell you about the story then. The yep. the famous story. The what? The famous Thank you. Anjakuni <laughs> story. Disappearances. All right. Uh <laughs> gather around the fire, children, because we're gonna get in the way back machine tonight. 1930. Late November 1930, a fur trapper by the name of Joe LaBelle, or Joe LaBelle, <laughs> Joe LaBelle, was working his way through the unforgiving wilds of northern Canada. With the day drawing to a close, he headed towards a small Inuit fishing village, which he knew well. Mm-hmm. He was very familiar with it. They were familiar with him. Friends of those folks. Again, we're talking about a village here that... Could have been 30 people, or it could have been 2,000 people. More on that later. Yeah, 2,000 people, not a village anymore. That's like a town. That's a town. Maybe a hamlet. Ooh. Uh, the plan was to stay the night and uh, get some warmth and some food in his belly. Yeah. So, approaching the village, he he hailed to let them know he was there. Hello. <laughs> Fur trapper calling. <laughs> Also Avon, <laughs> but he didn't hear a reply. In fact, he didn't hear shit. Yeah. There was nothing going on. No talking, no laughing, no hustle. Dude, no bustle. <laughs> Neither hustle nor bustle were to be experienced. Also, very alarmingly, no light, no fires, no smoke in the no air. smoke from the chimneys. That's, that's when he started noticing these things. Uh, he walked past some kayaks that uh, some accounts say that they were lashed to the docks, just sitting there, or and some say that they were pulled up onto the shore. And in any event, they were in pretty bad disrepair. Mm-hmm. Shabby kayaks. <laughs> and that's when he spotted this lone fire. Yeah. That was uh, in a pit on in the village. So he made his way over to the fire. Uh, walking up to it as it as it was dying, mm-hmm. he saw a pot of stew that was blackened from a neglect, basically. Yeah. But they left it in the microwave for too long. Now, I'm I'm sure he's he's starting to get a little anxious at at this point because things is getting kind of creepy around there. Mm-hmm. Um, Labelle started checking the huts and the tents in town to see you know if he could find anything, any sign of life at all. And one after the other, he found empty with full supplies of food, guns, you know, uh, uh, supplies of uh, clothing, weapons, things like that. Yeah, Everything's food, just gear, kind of either uh, yeah, untouched or just I, sitting there. The moral of the story being things you need. Yeah, yeah. He even found another stew in one of the huts Moldy. that was thick with mold. And uh, saw a seal skin coat with a mending needle still in it. And apparently it was mid-stitch. The food storehouse, he checked it. It was full, undisturbed, tons of fish. And as he 
walked the perimeter of the village, hoping to find any sign of life or some kind of mass exodus. He found no footprints, no sign of a struggle, and no clue as to why this village was empty. Now, not wanting to stay <laughs> for, you know, yeah. obvious reasons. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I, I like that, that he he did the thing that no one in a movie does. He was like, shit is weird. I'm out. Yeah. I am I'm not grabbing anything. I am just getting the hell out of here and, and notifying authorities yeah. as fast as I possibly can. He, he made this multiple mile journey. To the nearest telegraph office. 25 miles. That's what uh, that's what a lot of accounts say. 25 yeah. miles. Kept going in the night. Right. Ugh. And keep in mind, late November, northern Canada. All right. So he gets to this telegraph office, and the Royal Canadian Mounted Police were contacted. Mm-hmm. RCMP dog. You might know them as Mounties. According to one account, they showed up a few hours later. Uh, but along the way, they took a rest stop at a little rundown hut that was occupied by another trapper whose name was Armand Laurent. And uh, he I was there with Armand his sons. De Laurent. Sure. I, I think it's Vampire Vampireson. Yeah. Because that's a vampire name. Yeah, it is. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Uh, the Laurents told Fang, the. Fangmouth Bloodsucker the Third. Told, told the Mounties that they had. Um, seen a weird reflective object flying in the sky just days before, and it looked as though it shapeshifted from cylindrical to bullet-shaped as it headed off in the direction of Anjikuni Lake. Ew. That's something they picked up. Little That's info. a little spicy addition to this uh, stew of stories. moldy Ew. stew. <laughs> moldy hut stew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, delicious. So... Uh, the Mounties reached LaBelle at this telegraph office, and then they continued on to Anjakuni, where the mystery deepened. Yeah, they found everything exactly as uh, LaBelle had described it. Mm-hmm. But in the light of day, they made even more terrifying discoveries. They sure did. They found the village burial ground. And according to whichever source you you, you yeah. pull this from. This, this, keep in mind, and this is this is going to keep coming up, throughout the the telling of this is that this this is a a, a country's you know mystery story so it gets the, the shadow gets longer in the telling if you understand my, what my meaning the day wears on yeah so things get uh things get a little exaggerated over the the telling of it so for example the graves one two three all the graves sure yeah um generally the story goes that all but one of the tombs had been opened and were empty. Stones from the tombs had been stacked neatly nearby, and the ground around the graves was still frozen solid. Now, it's important to point out that if you don't live in the north, maybe you don't know this, but even uh, even today, people who die in the winter in the extreme north don't get buried until the spring. Even now with front loaders or and stuff like that, like the people do not try to dig in frozen ground. Yeah. It is extraordinarily hard and it's not worth it. So that that's that's a hell of a feat. Yeah. Whoever whoever is disinterring remains, which was a huge thing to the Inuits, you right. do not mess with them. Whoever was doing that really, really wanted to get in there. Sure. Sure. Also evidence that uh, a wild animal hadn't done it since the Stone uh, stones are yeah stacked, 
And again, these are, I, I get the impression that these tombs were kind of like cairns. They are, they are uh, um, buried in the ground, but then there's a, uh, a pile of rocks that were neatly placed over it. Yep. And, and so that's where they get these stones. So anyways, uh, continuing the search for people, they made yet another chilling discovery. Either two to three or seven sled dog bodies were found just outside the village, and they seemed to have starved to death and were covered under uh, heavy snow drifts. Yeah, which I didn't understand. It said I mean, it was like I mean, 12 foot snow drifts. Like, mm-hmm. who's digging? How are they? F- I mean, if, if it's under 12 feet of snow, who the, who the fuck's finding that? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. And uh, uh, there was apparently one account that said the dogs were tied to scrubby trees, which mm-hmm. is why they assumed they had starved. Since there were so many, you know, there's so much food around that hadn't been touched. There was uh, an account that I had read that said, uh, before we get too far from it, that near the docks were found on the dock a uh, um, that they contained personal items from the previous village elder who had been buried. They were buried with him. And these items were, were found on the dock. Pocket watch, a uh, handkerchief, a... Old Playboy, iPod Nano, <laughs> iPod Nano with his favorite right. playlist. Was it a shuffle? I had it was a shuffle. <laughs> I, I read that it was. Well, a you shuffle. know, the story changes. <laughs> <laughs> what would he be listening to? Yeah, well, back then it was Whoa, all. Oh, <laughs> It was all barbershop quartet. <laughs> <laughs> I may not always love you. I may not always <laughs> love you. A little bit of a Bioshock for the for the nerds out there. <laughs> sweet Adeline, sweet Eskimo. <laughs> uh, one thing that the the Mounties also reported in this account: bluish lights on the horizon, which wasn't the aurora borealis, which they knew what yeah. was. So, with no footprints, no sign of struggle, or any other obvious clue, what happened? The Mounties didn't have an answer as to what the hell happened to these people. That's right. And so they, they, uh, they returned to base with, with, I mean, uh, they, they, they saw everything, but with no explanation, there was, the other thing they did is they tracked the area. They said, mm-hmm. oh, well, if everyone left, where'd they go? No tracks, no, no sign, nothing. no, no indications of an exodus in any direction. Nope. Not so, that they uh, get far without their guns, their coats, their food. food. Yeah. Our dogs or. Yeah. There's, there's sled dogs. So that that's your story uh, of the old Anjakuni Lake village. Now, that's not the only story out there of this. No. In fact, there's another one that's almost as popular as this one mm-hmm. that adds a few details that maybe the first one left out. Do you want to hear some some of these? Uh, I'd really rather not. I okay. think we covered it. So uh, next week. <laughs> Pons. <laughs> I don't know why I went for the next week seg yeah. because uh, we never tell you what's going on next no, week because we never know. <laughs> <laughs> so this second tale tells of this tavern that's run by an ex-military man who was crippled, and Labelle stopped in there on on his way. Apparently, it wasn't in the village; it was just near it or mm-hmm. outside of it, and found that it was completely deserted. Nobody in there. And he found that the owner's shattered crutch was on the floor. Also, the fire that's in the town that he sees and goes to, uh, in this account, 
still had that the the blackened seal stew in it, but had these items belonging to the this chief, um, which had been buried with him. Uh, I, I in this account a year prior. So it sounds like the the one that you said uh, that he found by the docks in this version it was by the fire. Huh. And there's a bar, which which would make bar, for yeah. a slightly larger town at that point. Yeah. So we're getting out of the 20 to 30 range then. Right. Even more, the tavern owner's diary was found talking about strange blue lights the day before LaBelle got there. And here's here's a pretty disturbing part. His dog, the owner's dog, was found dead with panties on her hind end lipstick on her mouth, her ears pierced, and a wedding ring forced onto her paw. There is also, apparently, a Catholic church in the village, which was vandalized with graffiti of, quote, Unitarian symbols, end quote. What does that even mean? The... (laughs) I want to say, what does that even mean to to every sentence that I'm reading? (laughs) Yeah. no, no, no. I, stay, I, stay with me. Stay with I me. understand why you would make a lady dog, but the Unitarian <laughs> stuff? It's like, it's like the Bucks Bunny cartoon. Oh, yeah. How terrible. All right. The, the one untouched grave that they found in this account was of the village founder, and apparently it was warm to the touch. Having uh, all the snow and, and stuff around it uh, melted away, but then shortly after they uh, discovered it, it froze over again. Hmm. <laughs> so... That's that's a second account for you. That's a pretty exciting account. So the the second account has a very Ralph Wiggum feel to it. <laughs> and the baby waved at me and I saw the baby. That second uh well, yeah. Yes. I agree. <laughs> uh let's talk about then what the hell's going on with this place. Yeah. It's it's pretty creepy if you let it be. Right, it is, and it makes for a really interesting story, which is you know why we're still talking about it over you know a uh, cup of tea. Yeah, I was going to say over a hundred years later, but oh. we aren't. It hasn't been a hundred years. But the what's interesting too is that you have to you have to verify the story itself, hmm. which is harder to do than you would think because there's plenty of contrary accounts that say like, oh, Joe Joe Labelle was a trapper, but he worked Southern Canada. Mm. If he was in Northern Canada, he was definitely a Newbert. He had just recently come to the area and wouldn't, wouldn't know these people. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another, uh, like as far as written accounts of it, there's kind of a, a horse race between two different uh, uh, newspapers. Um, there was uh, uh, one version that was, uh, put in the La Paz, Manitoba, which is a, a newspaper written by uh, Everett Kellerer. But uh, then there's another version that said, oh, the day before, the Danville Bee ran a story. From Dis- Danville, Virginia? That's right. From Virginia. Uh, ran a, a similar story saying, hey, this village just up and disappeared. But then it was what the the writing that got the most attention was from the the Halifax Herald with this great headline, Tribe lost in barrens of North village found dead by wandering trapper, Joe LaBelle. Um, that's where this whole thing really starts to gain steam. Now in the telling of it, there were, uh, our, you know, the Royal Canadian mounted police did show up and examine the scene to this day. And even to, I, I checked it out right at this very moment. You can go to the RCMP archives webpage 
and they have devoted an entire page to saying none of these things happened. Yeah. The RCMP never went there. Nothing like there was never anything like this that yeah. happened. I'll link to it. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of interesting that the RCMP has had to actually directly confront this story. Yeah. Um, it, it adds a little bit to it. Now, again, that the this article that was written in 1930 was submitted to what's called the Newspaper Enterprise Association by Emmett Kelleher, uh, who you mentioned, along with some photos. And and these photos are what showed up in this the headline with the headline that you just read. Right. However, <laughs> no one had photos of it. They used stock photos, which is why people early on were like, this is bullshit. This is a hoax. The pictures were from uh, a creek teepee from 1909. Yeah. Not from anything from the actual site. Right. In that version, though, it was different from the, the first one that we read in that LaBelle had rowed up in a canoe and found a few empty tents with, you know, people's personal effects uh, and a couple of starving dogs still alive, found a rusty rifle and and one empty grave. But he, he left and continued trapping around the area. And uh, as he came to different villages, he, he spoke to them about it and asked them if they knew anything. And most of the villages just were like, no, we don't know anything about it, but it sounds like the legend of this evil spirit called Tornrark. Yeah. Which is probably a reg- regional for um, Turngate. Yeah, and we'll, we'll come back to that when we get to our possibilities section. We're not done with old Tornrark just yet. Yeah. Uh, and from, from what I gathered, the, the articles that showed up in the Danville Bee and such apparently prompted the Mounties to investigate this. Now, I don't know if that means that they they wanted to investigate it for the first time or they wanted to reopen the investigation. You, you, you know what I mean? Right. And there was a there was an investigation on the 17th of January mm-hmm. um, of 1931. So about three months later, two months later. Sure. Um, it was like a there was a guy who was investigating it, but he never went there. He asked like two people. <laughs> and then said, well, that's the end of that case. Hey, uh, you guys ever heard of this uh, Anjukani uh, village, eh? They're like, don't think so. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, we haven't. Yeah, hooks. Hooks. I'm going right. home for craft dinner. <laughs> yeah, he- I uh, have a Labatt. That's right. He He's also the one, I think, that found the uh, the photos were from archives. Right, and he had, so he had never gone there, and he kind of, uh, the, the indication is that he was pretty skeptical from the get-go. Yeah. Did a very cursory, like, asked two people, never went there himself, and said, and then reported back that he found no, found his quote was, no foundations for the story whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. But, which is interesting that, that he did make that report, because this whole thing kind of goes to bed for- you know, 28, 29 years when a gentleman, a uh, journalman, a uh, guy by, name, by the gentleman. name of- Gentleman. A gentleman. A guy by the name of Frank Edwards writes a book called Stranger Than Science. <laughs> um, and who had, who had been known to write about a lot of these things? He liked to write very, he was very active in UFO writing, maybe perhaps a little too active at times. Mm-hmm. He, he tried really hard to get interviews and, and as much factual data as he could. Sure. Uh, but he also liked lights in the sky. Right. Very much so. <laughs> Are and you so, sure you didn't see any lights in the sky? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, sir. We were underground. Yeah. But while you were underground, could there have been lights that were in the sky? That's right. I'm going to put that there's yeah, lights in, in the, the sky. sky. 
Yeah, he definitely, you know, he had his perspective. And so the actual RCMP denial that's on their webpage is a direct response to his story, the 59 stranger than science entry. And that's when they, they say, no, they never have. And they, they no point did that happen. They have no record of, of an incident of any kind. So, you know, it, it kind of gets into an interesting area. Like, did they or didn't they? You know, mm. like what what the French toast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, topical, dude. Topical. <laughs> uh, so then we, we skip ahead to 1976 and a Fate magazine article by Dwight Whalen took a look at the story again with the conclusion that it had been fabricated by Kelleher. Yeah. That the original dude that submitted to the, the Newspaper Enterprise Association had made it up. Now, the NEA, Newspaper Enterprise mm-hmm. Association, that's kind of like the AP of, of the yeah. day. The Associated Not quite Press. a Reuters. Right, but. right, right. But uh, this guy decided that he... Uh, this writer Kelleher had made it up. Obviously, it's a good story. Somebody, you know, whoever wants to pick it up, he's going to get money for it. Yep. And I guess you know it picked it got picked up a couple times, but write a good story, people going to listen. Sure. So um, we get to 1988, and a book was written with some embellishments, and even an article in People Magazine was published about this this place. And that's when you that's when you really get into like a town of two thousand yeah. wiped from the map. Yeah, the trend continued uh, for the story to snowball and and the numbers to grow and the the babies that that were waving and <laughs> yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, and and so looking back on on stuff, this is where the uh, <laughs> this is where the 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 truth cream rises to the mystery top. Weird. Yeah. The Available st- for sale from blurryphotos.com. Truth cream. <laughs> Put it on your mystery. <laughs> uh, the, the story as popularized by Frank Edwards' book, uh, this is the one that, the first one that we told you mm-hmm. earlier, uh, appears to be completely fictional. Yeah. In fact, it, it seems likely that it's a ghost story uh, told by locals and natives in Nunavut and told in the oral tradition and at this point it's it's just been so muddied with sensationalized uh, stories and and fa- and quote unquote facts you know that were that went along with it that any any real um facts or truth about it has has kind of been lost yeah you get i mean it's so hard to to, to suss out what is a what is it a real account and, you, and even things like oh the, these things are very specific there's one account that talks about the the berries that the RCMP yeah. found in some of the the cooking pots were were the recipe called for fresh berries. Those berries were fresh two months ago. Right. So these you know so they surmised yeah that these this these people had gone for two months. But but even then, like those things, like that's what if somebody just is like, oh, if I make up a specific fact that helps sell it, you know, and the then, tourists love this crap. And then that's when you you start getting into some of the little. Uh, holes in the story yeah like uh for instance uh to begin with the region itself is completely sparse and and just unforgiving yeah and like the inuit are hardy people sure but it would be a bitch to make a living out there yeah in in that area it's a tundra i mean the territory on the whole i think has around thirty-two thousand people in it or did around 2011 anyway but a population of 2,000 is yeah. just 
completely yeah. suspect. Yeah, and there's, I mean, you don't have to, like, there's a, a, like, Jared Diamond's books. He's the guy who wrote Guns, Jerns, and Steel, and uh, Collapse. Jared, Jared Diamond's? Jared Diamond? Oh. I think that's his name. Did you go to Jared? Uh, yeah. He, that, how's that for irony? His name is Jared Diamond. He went to Jared. Oh, God. <laughs> Um, but he wrote Collapse and Guns, Germs, and Steel, and he follows like the, the, the rise and fall of civilizations. It's one of his big subjects. And at the end of the day, it's the same problem that the Anasazi had. That area can't support that condensed number of people in one spot. Like there's not enough wood to support mm, a village. That's yeah. a, you know, like there's not enough. So, I mean, obviously the number of people is getting jacked up in the telling of the tale. Yeah. You know, there's, there's very, there's very common sense things you can do to kind of at least uh, root out, you know, you can, you can work through the list of possibilities. Right. And the la- and rule some of them out. The lake itself would have been frozen, frozen solid. Yep. The temperature was objectively around eight degrees Fahrenheit or negative 13 Celsius. The ground would have been just like rock. Yeah. Again, that goes back to, you know, digging up these graves and such. It would have just taken a monumental effort to get these things uh, dug up. Plus, there's no way he would have rowed his canoe up and been like, hey, y'all, I'm here. Let me right. let me get my canoe at and drag it up on shore. No, man. No, man. No, no. Nah. No, brah. Nah. There's, there's no lake to be rowing in at that point. It's a big mirror. Yep. Here's another thing. The seal skin in the accounts caribou was what was prevalent in the area yeah there's no seals in the middle of the country yeah seals aren't native there it's a landlocked lake yeah landlocked lake landlocked lake it was a land of lakes they ate butter (laughs) yeah it was just butter dude (laughs) so yeah like there's all these these and and some of it points to kind of a, a lack of understanding they're like oh if it's an i mean at the time they'd say eskimo it's all igloos and 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 whale harvesting. Even if they're in the middle of North Dakota, they're whalers. They fight. <laughs> they, they they fight seals. Yeah, yeah. And it it sounds like. I mean, it's close. It's a good story. Yep. It it has stuff that, like you said, tourists are going to love it. Um, people who who are, are sitting comfy on their on their porch drinking sweet tea and liquor drinks and them and their mint and juleps, they're going to love reading about this and you know. The uncivilized North. That's right. You know, it's it's a fascinating story, but at the end of the day, none of the details really, really match up. And you'll see this pop up on like list after list of, you know, mysterious disappearances. Like the people always will just rattle this off because yeah. it, it is, it's a great story and it's fascinating. It's fun to read about, but it puts but you, when you get to the end of, of the research, you're like, oh yeah Man. yeah it, it is a it, it's a letdown yeah and I, I i kind of feel bad uh talking about it but at the same time it, it's important to talk about it because it is being heralded as yeah uh truth you know that something actually really did happen yeah this is this is, a, about. this is our second um bummer podcast in a row you know it's the the second time we've Gosh, that's true. Hey, so next week, that thing you love, <laughs> there you go. Now we're telling you what's up. <laughs> you think high fructose corn syrup is bad? No way, man. <laughs> oh, it's so good for you. That would never happen. No. Yeah, I, I. It's such when we first 
started looking at this. This was a listener's suggestion, and thank yeah. you for for suggesting. It. I so think it's, it's not our fault. <laughs> no, we didn't have to pick it. No, but I. But when we first started looking at it, like I think we watched a video and we're like, "Yeah, this this is creepy. Let's let's do this." Yeah. And then we we did it. Yeah, we're con- it, when we were committed, and we were like, "Oh man, that's just." But you know what, though, I I can't. I I like the fact that that we get through these things like that we'll we'll start to investigate something and be like oh man this is that was just straight up bullshit bullstone new age bull bullshit uh so but i so i'm glad like i i i like following it to where it goes well yeah yeah sometimes some they can't all be bat squatches people some of these things aren't real (laughs) (laughs) it's it's the journey that that's the real treasure oh I, I like the things that, that remain a mystery. This this stinks of Dyatlov Pass. Yeah. Dyatlov Pass oh, was real. Yeah, that shit is real as a Something happened. Yeah. And, and, and it there, was awesome. Yeah, Dyatlov Pass, uh, the Roanoke Colony. Like, yeah. there, are, there are so many cool, real things. We should do Roanoke someday. We, we, we should. Um, I got I'll, a great I'll, book about it, actually. I'll tell you right now, they. it, it seems like that one's coming to, to back to Earth. I don't believe you. No, no, I will not believe any evidence until I've read it. Okay, on, on Reddit. <laughs> until I've seen a meme on Imgur. That's right. I, yeah, this this one. A lot of people compare it to Roanoke Colony, um, and then people will be like, well, "Roanoke Colony's been solved, and this one's been solved. There's no mystery in the, in the world anymore." I'm a game. What am I gonna do? I'm just gonna live my life and be. Bang. So are you like are, are you like uh, pissy old bitter I don't John know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like old mistress I'm again gonna get you pregnant. <laughs> so, uh, oh my god. Well, you know, with this one, the the mystery is remaining alive uh, because there are plenty of people who think that the Mounties, the the Royal Canadian Mountain Police are doing a huge cover-up with yeah. it. So, so that is out there uh, as far as this thing still having legs and running yeah. around. I, that It's possible. Yeah. I, I'm not going to say that's not possible. But it's also entirely possible that like, that could have happened in the most predictable of ways. I mean... This hap- this kind of thing happened in Europe a lot with ergotism. It's a, a ergotism. Er- ergotism. It's a, a rye fungus that causes psychotic behavior in people. Hmm. Um, and so, like, if a, a lot of people ate the the infected grain, they would all go crazy. Um, so, like, there are, there are things that happen where, or if uh, these people all just left, you know, like, there's, I mean. Like the when you when you bring in the amount of embellishments on the story, maybe maybe they found a couple of guns, but not all the guns. Maybe right. they found some sort stored food, but not all of it. You know, like yeah. that's the thing. Like you don't you don't know what happened. So and and I'll bet you I'll bet you there is a kernel of truth to this that a guy came upon an abandoned fishing village. Yeah, and maybe it had been abandoned for a long time. Maybe he'd stopped for a while put a fire on and cooked and then got the skeevies and left. And then the next day he's like, Oh no, this was the fire that was still burning. Yeah. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm just, just making that up. But I, I, you know, a story like this, things like this happen. They usually have some sort of very mundane kernel. And then in the yeah. telling and when you, and then it becomes aliens, right? When yeah. you're, when you're a fur trapper, 
you don't get to talk to people a lot. When you get to <laughs> town, it, you, you get more friends if you have a story to tell. Right. What are you, what are you going to sit there at the bar and be like, oh, man, this beaver... Yeah. It was it was slippery. <laughs> yeah. And it was all like, I don't want to have you skin me. And then I was like, but I'm going to skin you. And that was my day. Yeah. <laughs> How have you been? <laughs> yeah. It's much better when it's like, aliens stole this village. Yeah, exactly. You're going to get some whiskey bought Gula? for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like the, the, the clinkety clank piano stops. Oh, yeah. Everybody turns and looks. And then I reckon you best tell that story again, yeah. friend. It's story time with Joe LaBelle. I guess actually, I reckon you should tell that tale one more time. Spins that yarn. My friend. <laughs> <laughs> Please continue the Debussy on the clickety-clack <laughs> piano. <laughs> Let no man slide him down the bar face first tonight. <laughs> <laughs> the finest wine for my friend. <laughs> So yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's a, it's a cool story. I'm glad we we got got some got some distance under them wheels. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very fun. I I wish there was still a mystery. I wish it was as juicy as Dyatlov Pass, but well, they can't all Di- be. Dyatlov Pass is is way up on a pedestal. It's on an elegant pedestal in in terms of mystery, modern mystery. So that's Anjakuni Lake for you in a in a frozen solid nutshell found in a fire. Yeah, in a moldy, 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 pot moldy nutshell stew. Stew nutshell. Now this. Let's come back to this disappearance versus disappearances. Oh yeah, real quick. <laughs> the grammar debate. Hash, hash that out. <laughs> I say disappearances because it's thirty to two thousand people disappearing. It doesn't have. It doesn't necessarily mean it. It doesn't all happen at once, or it's not a a, a singular event. But it disappearances makes it sound like. There were several times that things disappeared. To me, disappearance makes it sound like the lake itself disappeared or the village itself, like the physical village disappeared. (laughs) Write us in, folks. What do you think is right? I mean, I'll defer to the the will of the people so long as they agree with me. (laughs) I'm very very even-handed like that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think it's it's disappearance. I think that, that it was one event. Regardless of the number of people, I mean, it's not like you say, um, uh, the shipwrecks, if the boat just sinks once, you know, all the people die in a shipwreck, all the people died together. They all died individually, but in, in one event, uh, that's a, that's a good point. It's a good analogy. Yeah. I think it's apples and oranges, but it's, it's a good analogy. <laughs> yeah. I felt a little cheating as I said it. <laughs> I'm not mad that you called me out on that. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. yeah. Tell tell us what you think. Yeah, exactly. Grammar wise, uh, what Ooh, what's going on? I'm gonna sweeten the pot here. Loser goes to the penalty box. What? Uh, what do you think, Flora? I, I, I don't I don't know if if people care that much. <laughs> hmm. We, Sounds like you think you're wrong. Is it, okay? Whatever. I'll yeah, loser penalty goes to the penalty box. box. So uh, write us in. Is it disappearance or disappearance his? Yeah, the Lake Anjakuni disappearance or the Lake Anjakuni disappearances. And I'll I'll do you one better. I I'll certainly accept if someone actually goes through and like cites grammatic rules that cover this, but I'd really rather just have your gut opinions on this. What sounds better? What feels yeah, better? Yeah, exactly. Ask um, your heart. Don't ask one of them damn books. <laughs> you know the the stupid thing about it is I I should have this information for when I release the podcast because it's going to go on yeah. the title of the, the iTunes or whatever. 
if if it happens that that I'm I'm it's wrong, just going to be called Lake Anjakuni. That's what the episode will be called. I mean, I I debated. I, I we could call it the Lake Anjakuni mystery, and then it's it's there's no call debate. it the mystery, and then we'll we'll figure it out, and we'll we'll make a big deal out of it because uh, I know I'm going to really enjoy you being in the penalty box. So so call it the mystery and and yeah okay yeah let's do that. Man, I, although wait, I can't, I can't get too smug because then people will be like, "Fuck you, Stecco." I'm going with Flora on this one. I don't think I liked your attitude. <laughs> All right, well, oh crap, oh crap, <laughs> great. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, uh-huh. Before we, is it time for the end of episode pun? What? Or is it end? Or is it puns? <laughs> <laughs> That's a stretch, but I'll take it. <laughs> uh, and the answer is yes. I believe I'm going first. Is sure, that right? However you like it, tough guy. Okay, I'm. Tough. Uh, but I will. I will throw this pen like a dagger if you steal mine. Maybe I might. All right. I have a force of of, of officers mm-hmm. who ride in on horseback. Oh, okay. And they they make movies. Of their finds. Oh, okay. And sometimes these movies have an Indiana Jones in them. Sometimes they have uh, a Star Trek, like Ooh. some of them are Star Trek themed okay. stuff. They, right. they have a lot of really good movies uh, mm-hmm. out there. They're the Paramounties. Oh, wow. Well played. Well played. Okay. Well, you know, um, the tale of the exploits uh, along the uh, that river. What was that river called? Kazan. Um, yeah, such a popular subject that they actually made uh, a board game about that, oh, about people living in that area called the Settlers of Kazan. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I even nice. I even like inculpated you in that one. <laughs> yeah. You you had me walk over and place the ball on yeah, the tee. That was um that was like a, a prosecutor joke, <laughs> a, like a prosecutor trick. Oh, I'm sorry. Could you refresh my memory just for a moment? What was the what was the name of that convenience store that got robbed? I'm 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 sorry. Uh, what what was the name of of the gentleman that you killed? <laughs> yeah. It was George. No, no, I didn't. Oh, oh crap. Oh crap. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, I have another bluegrass music store for you. Uh, for some reason, there's I in my world, there's a lot of bluegrass music stores. Well, that's because it's such good music. And uh, this one's weird, though, because you go inside and it's, it's always empty. There's nobody in there. You never get any service, dude. It's called Banjo-Cooney Lake. Oh, nice. <laughs> You know, when they were first um, establishing the regional territories. They peed everywhere. <laughs> they, they used urine. <laughs> of uh, Canada, they, you know, they have the uh, the provinces, but there's also the territories. The provinces were the, the southern areas, the coastal, more people. Okay. And they asked uh, one of the guys who'd done a lot of really good work. You know, he came up with Alberta. He came up with Manitoba. And they're like, can you name this? this North central territory. And he's like, no, I'm having none of it. <laughs> uh, was that the one you thought I might steal? Yeah. Yeah. I gotta be honest. It, it crossed my mind earlier when I was first, <laughs> first reading about it, but I didn't write it down. Good. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Them's puns. Them's puns. 
You know, there was one other uh, artifact that they found uh, near, near that fire. Yeah, it was it was a, a stone slab that had an engraving on it. Why didn't we bring this up earlier? I mean, I man, you know what? Let's let's not nitpick this. But when they uh-huh. when they turn the stone over, puns on earth was all it said. <laughs> oh my God. No, yeah. no, yeah. It's a, it's an extra punch in the mouth because I I'm, <laughs> I'm actually referring to listener mail. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> puns on earth was all it said. Yeah. Yeah. Listener mail. Ah, oh, man. Look out. Here it comes. Here we go. Saddle up. Uh-huh. And right off the bat. Oh, welcome aboard, Chad. Howdy, Chad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that was a little, little flirtier than I meant it to be. Mm-hmm. It's okay, Chad. I like you. I just don't like you that way. Meow, meow, meow. <laughs> uh, Chad hits us up with a sweet-ass pun. Uh, I'd like to tell you about my cousin who works for a toll booth on a small bridge in rural England. Oh. Uh, one day, a, a chunk of what was later identified as a piece of the Black Knight satellite fell out of the sky and injured his arm. Oh, no. Yeah, he's he's okay, though. It was only a flesh wound. <laughs> <laughs> I I'll get you. i your leg off. I get you. Yeah, welcome aboard, Chad. Thank you, and Chad. And well played. That pun had a, a nice texture to it. Mm-hmm. I, I greatly enjoyed uh, heard back from Mikey Wheels. Hi, Mikey Wheels. Mikey Wheels is a, a big presence on the web, on the, the Faces book. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we see him on the Faces book. But uh, he, he sends us a, an official... Crossover. He's a platform crossover. He is. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, he's crossing the boundaries here. He's crossing the streams. Uh, and he's sending us a poem. Oh, bring it. He says, happened upon a forgotten 1960s pop band called Injured Cold and the Mothman. Which honestly should be the name of a real band. It's a cool name for a band. It is, but apparently their biggest sleeper hit was Take It to the Bridge. Oh, you don't care what you do, Mikey Wheels. (laughs) It's right, Mikey Wheels doesn't play by your rules, society. You know, um, I tried to, uh, while folding laundry, um, I had this kind of combo, you know, like, and, and, and it's okay if you do it to us as well. I respect that. It's fine. Like you listen to a ton of a podcast and then you catch up with it and you're like, I'll listen to something else that I can binge. That's the way I do it. And then it takes me a few months to go back to the original podcast, Uh, but I always do. And so I'm catching up with a podcast we haven't mentioned for a while, Hour With Your Ex. Oh, yeah. With the very talented Mel Evans and Mark Coulomb. Uh, And they did did this great thing they had uh, around Christmas, the Hour With Your Xmas, and so they were doing kind of Christmas-themed movies and they picked Die Hard. Yes. And- And- um, talked about what a great movie it is, and it is. And Mark does a ton of Bruce Willis impersonations in it. But here's the problem, and they they kind of address this while folding laundry this weekend. I tried to watch A Good Day to Die Hard, which I think is the fifth oh, one, not the newest one, right? I think it is. I it think is it the is. newest. One. I think so. Oh, okay, the fifth one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Russian one. He's yep, in Russia. Yep, that's the one. Yeah. I couldn't even finish it, but I, like. I mean, John McClane used to be such a badass and he used to have such a kind of cool, oh, why'd you have to go and do this, John? You get yourself into it again. <laughs> and now, I mean, maybe it's just because Bruce Willis is so old and dumb, <laughs> but he just sits there and just makes shitty snide comments and squints all the time. Yeah. Oh, you, uh, yeah, yeah, you've had a tough day. Maybe, uh, maybe we'll go get you some bubble bath. 
maybe we'll uh, maybe uh, get you a teddy bear. Maybe uh, I'll sing you a song. You can take a nap. That make you feel better. Or maybe we can go kill all the bad guys. Cause that's what we do. Fuck you. Wait, f- Bruce Willis? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Stop making them. If you hate doing it, which you clearly do, stop doing it. He I don't should, know what should, got me started on this. Apparently, he should just hire Robert De Niro to do it. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, that's no. what, in sitting right here <laughs> yeah. across from I you, that's do. what it seems. Oh, now I know. I'm going to bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, Mikey Wheels doesn't care who he hurts. Oh, okay. That's, that's where this whole thing came from. Thanks, slash, I'm sorry, Mikey Wheels. <laughs> You just unleashed something dark inside of me, Mikey, <laughs> and it had to get out. Uh, you know, Mikey, uh, maybe <laughs> I, uh, maybe I hurt your feelings there. Eh? You know, maybe, uh, maybe uh, today we just go home and let the bad guys win. Oh no, wait, I forgot. That's not what we do. We kill the bad guys. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> and then we get somebody team pregnant. Oh my god. <laughs> Moving on, Darren. Hey, Darren. Darren writes us in saying he was listening to the the episode on Black Eyed Kids. Yeah. A good one. Uh, and he was saying that he, he surprised that we uh, mentioned possibly Jin in there, but didn't mention fairies or fae folk oh. as, as being a, a possible uh, cause of, of Black Eyed really, Kids. That's a really good point because there's, there's a, a lot of mythologies that have fae folk, uh, like the baby. The baby, you got to stick a hot poker down. It's like fae yeah. folk taking over, like the they're, they're impersonating children. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're and, right. And, and and ucking with people. Just ucking with their shit. In general. And don't forget, you got to shove a hot poker down that baby's mouth if you don't like what it says to you about boiling eggshells. <laughs> that was bad news. I hate the fact that historically, if if that's if it's even possible that even one lunatic Munchausen by proxy lady did this, and she was like, "Oh no, no, it's okay, guys." Yeah, it's ask, in the story. Ask me about the eggshells. I took care of it. <laughs> um, that's a that's a great point, Darren. Thanks, uh, thanks for bringing that up. You know, we we hadn't gotten to fairies at that point, and I, I'm big on censoring us. <laughs> I'm big on at least censoring myself from like not referencing things we haven't talked about yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm really good at censoring myself by not doing the research until just before we record. <laughs> so I didn't know or have any idea. That's that's how I do it. <laughs> well, yeah, oh yeah, Flora's yeah. job is to actually that- know this, shit and it's mine to figure it out right before we record. <laughs> But that, that as if you all hadn't figured that out by now. <laughs> I I uh yeah, I should clear up. I I I'm sure I did not think of fairies at all in there. So I, I don't want you to think that. Oh yeah, I thought of that. I just saved it for later. You I, weren't I, ready I for doubt, that. Yeah, I doubt I thought that, that was that at too all. hot so, for TV. Sorry. Man, I sound really pretentious a lot. Yeah. I I I I'm, I'm sorry. I sound stupid. <laughs> you know, take your pick. Oh my god. I'm ignorant but approachable. You are highly intelligent and yet aloof. <laughs> oh man! Another another new writer. Yeah. Wait a minute. You know what? What, Flora? Oh well, I guess it would be nice <laughs> if I could get some listener mail, but it has to be from a female. I don't want it from a dude. <laughs> I can't keep doing it. The, the, the point is that... <laughs> I look like Steve Martin over here, like trying to keep a beat. This music speaks to me. Oh, man, that was... But that, you gotta have faith. I gotta have faith. 
Wow, we are really good at this. Uh, for the record, I made that sum up on the fly, and I feel pretty good about it. You you are good at your job. <laughs> See? I quit improv to do this. <laughs> you you I never clearly should keep going. started improv. <laughs> Faithy, welcome aboard. Hey, Faithy. Now that we've created a small musical in honor of you, <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's get to what you wanted to say. Yeah. Apparently, Faithy is from Indy, which I'm guessing is Indianapolis and not Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. <laughs> I thought that was the dog's name. The dog? You were named after the dog? <laughs> I have very fond memories of that dog. Uh, uh, uh. We named the dog Indiana. We named you Henry Jones Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I you prob- call him Dr. Jones, dog. <laughs> Oh man, okay, so yeah. we haven't even gotten into it. She says she says, Can't believe it took her this long to write to us. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Takes it's okay. Yeah, it's it's a it's a very intimidating format. Uh <laughs> well, uh, you you're approachable at least. <laughs> oh sure I am. <laughs> she says our St. Patty's show reminded her of something. She said she heard from a, a friend of the families that this person knew some Lutherans in Norway who truly believed in the existence of fae folk. So she thought if it was true for the other way around, if the fairies would have faith. They gotta have faith, the faith, the faith, the faith. <laughs> I know you had to write to us because we don't know. <laughs> I wish you could see the weird marionette robot. I just, I devolve into the jerk. That's what I do. Oh, man. That was awesome. Thank you, Faith. And that was we, great. And we forgive you, Faith. I bless you for you have punned. <laughs> also, um, uh, if uh, Faith, a uh, big fan of Candy Chat, which we thank you for. Oh, and uh, if you're ever wondering when Candy Chat's going to show up, just look to the calendar. Yeah. Every, everybody knows when the candy holidays the are. major holidays. <laughs> and man, we have the, the rite of spring rapidly approaching. Yes, we do. So buckle uh, in, Faith. By the way, um, can't do too many of them or you're going to be paying my diabetes bill. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someone's gonna die. I'll I'll be wheeling myself in here. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Before we do listener mail, I have to give Dave another shot in his belly. That's <laughs> what we do for you. Thank uh, you again, Faith. Thanks, Faithy. Heard from John Onimus. John Onimus. He could be any John, anywhere, <laughs> at any point in history. <laughs> Hits us with a pun. He gives us a pretty happy bunch of guys. Uh-huh. Who's that? It's a band called Men Without Haints. Oh, thank you, Janonymous, because you can pun if you want to. You can leave your friends behind. Because your friends don't, don't pun, and if they don't pun, then they're no, no friends, friends of mine. mine. I say. <laughs> they can pun. They can pun. Everybody do a pun. We have to start video the- shooting these things because <laughs> your your weird chair dances, they are uh, hypnotic. This, this one was appropriate, I believe. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Thank you, John Anonymous. Yeah. Oh, oh, look at this. Ding dong. Who's there? Our close personal bearded friend. Uh, who's kind of getting pretty Rasputin-y. 
<laughs> he's getting kind of. He's getting. Oh, did you see this? You hear about this? My buddy Greg Bach. He's got himself a little bit of a rasputation around the uh, comedy community. <laughs> oh, that's for you, Greg Bach. <laughs> a rasputation? I, oh, I heard it. A right. I'm high on my own supply. <laughs> I'm a buff baby. I can dance, dance like, like a man. man. I can shake in my cane. booty. I can shake in my cane. <laughs> Uh, what, what's Greg have to say? Greg wants us to do an episode on the squonk, which we don't know anything about. Maybe I'll do, maybe we'll do the squonk. But what he, what's most important is he closes with diggy toots. Tweebamon evil. Who else we got here? Whew. See, this is tough. Uh, you know, you want to do a lot of great Godzilla stuff, but it kind of borders into like a Japanese racism thing. So. Sure. So, Flora, could you please give us the patented Godzilla sound that I cannot produce? Okay. Well, let me let me set you up. Let me set you up. Master Sergeant Johansson, this American outpost unit has only been in Okinawa for the last three weeks. What are all these crazy atmospheric disturbances? And why is the ocean acting like that? <coughs> oh, my God. It's some kind of giant dinosaur creature. <coughs> <laughs> But all the Japanese locals are acting like it's something they've seen before. <laughs> you may think it's Godzilla. <laughs> oh no, nope. It's Godzilla's bastard cousin, Johnzilla. <laughs> Coming this spring, Godzilla versus Johnzilla. <laughs> and Mecha Johnzilla. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, Master Sergeant. Let me ask our interpreter, who speaks with absolutely no discernible accent. What is that? Oh, that's Godzilla. He's a wrathful creature that uh, comes to destroy... <laughs> Don't lip sync it. <laughs> he comes out of the ocean to punish us for deep water uh, uh, nuclear testing. I'm going gonna, gonna to go home and eat uh, some Japanese food. My lovely <laughs> wife. She wears slippers. I'll see you Sayonara. later. <laughs> Sayonara, guys. By the way, uh, arigato for the beers. Appreciate it. All right. See you later. Uh, anyway. Sergeant, that's my favorite Japanese man. <laughs> uh, by the way, Blurry Photos is canceled. Then we just do a podcast called Listener Mail. <laughs> where, where we take, I shit you not, a two-line email <laughs> and turn it into a, a fucking radio play. <laughs> That slash, has no racism in it. Yeah. It actually becomes a little racist because we're so stripping out all the racism from it. I think we might have started. <laughs> we, we came around. We might have started yeah. to come all the way back around Full again. Circle. Anyway, John Zilla hits us with a pun. He says he was at a family reunion, and while he was filming the goings-on, he realized that half the men were named Rodney. That's right. He got a lot of rods in that video. Oh. <laughs> Arigato, my friend. Arigato. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Johnzilla. Thanks, Johnzilla. <laughs> I really like the Japanese interpreter. <laughs> I can't He's wait to good. see that. The, the movie good. looks good yeah. coming out. The the new one. I, I feel like I see the same trailer every time I go to the movies for the past three months. Oh, my God. You ready for the spoiler? Yeah, Okay. At the end of the movie, right at the it was the, Godzilla all along. In the gi- <laughs> spoilers, the, the gigantic, uh, yeah. It's the the title of the movie is the usual kaijin kaiju. Yeah, no, it's uh at the very end of it. Um, 
Johnzilla and Gothzilla um, fall in love. Oh. Yeah. Heard from Daniel. Bring hey. it, Daniel. What's up, Daniel? Oh, he's got YouTube links. And a pun. Ooh, look at that pun. Look at it dance. The Black Knight now has its very own fan site. It's called The Black Page. Oh, with the whitest lettering. And you Ugh. can just sit there and read it and read it and go blind as yep. a motherfucker. It makes my eyes go in polar orbits. <laughs> Blah. Thanks, Daniel. Oh, man, Daniel, thank you. <laughs> or or not. Uh. Yeah. Well, hey, did you hear that bunch of bananas got a puppy? What kind of puppy is it? Well, it's a poodle. Poodles have the highest incidence of canine cancer of any dog. That's what a dark motherfucking lemon says. <laughs> Damn, lemon, why are you so dark? Why'd you get, can't you let those bananas just have a puppy? Dark lemon's seen some shit. <laughs> dark lemon writes us with a pun. Bring it, dark lemon. Another psychic phenomenon often noted at areas of high spiritual activity has been recorded. Did you hear about this? Long periods of growing ennui followed by sudden feelings of telekinetic jabbings and assault. What? Before yet another relapse into dull monotony in which nothing happens. This phenomenon is referred to as prods and bores. (laughs) Dog lemon. Heard him some more. <laughs> I like watching it because I enjoy Scheidenfreude. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dark Lemon. And awesome. hey, you know, um, maybe you should think before you talk to the other fruits in the fruit bowl because they're getting real sick of your shit. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dark Lemon. It's elegant and fancy dinner. It's a feast of sorts of vegetable cornucopia, offerings of sumptuous delicacies and treats. I would like to extend a particular greetings and welcome to our esteemed guest, one Mr. <laughs> and his faithful servant, two stroke engine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Mr. Engine, if you would be so kind as to retire to the garage before you kill us with carbon monoxide. <laughs> Great cat, you fancy feasting motherfucker. Tap dancing um, on the graves of the haters. <laughs> <laughs> Win-win, bro. Uh, Great Cat hits us with a pun. Oh. There's a new service from Southwest Airlines for people trying to flee a bad situation on short notice. It's called the Black of Night Travel Flight. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Legit. Legitimate. Because it rhymes. Yeah. Well, I guess I guess that's everything. That's that, it, that, then. That's, uh, oh, that's all. It's not. 
he just shoved yes, the foot in the door of this podcast. No, he wedging didn't. it open. There's no door. And he's pressing his face up, going, wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait, what's he pressing against? Uh, Nothing here. Yeah. This so, is all audible. I'm sorry, Flora. But an allegation has been leveled against you. And honestly, I'll go ahead and say this is uh, thin, but we've really lawyered our way out of a lot of penalty boxes lately and i'm afraid that uh the pendulum of justice it swings both ways and it's coming back real hard straight into your balls i i have to take it yeah so uh flora you said that the word boobs was a palindrome it's only got five letters it's not hard to swap them because boobs spelled backwards isn't boobs it's spoob and now you're the spoob who has to go I to can, the penalty box? I can tell you how it came about. It's a waste of time, obviously. Right. No. Because we've we've been lawyering too much. Yep. I was reading from an email. Yeah. Uh, but it's I not going to do not, me any good. I don't think you were reading from an email at that yeah, point. Yeah, we were called boobs. Well, we were. From, from we were, and then, and and then, then you, it said. And then, and then you said. Well, the email said it too. Yeah, don't but, blame the email. Yeah, I didn't say that the email said it in the episode. So. Dude, what do you think happens to the haters? They get tap danced upon <laughs> yeah, by Grey Cat. That's right. That's right. After they have deceased. That's right. That's right. That's exactly what happens to the haters. He tap dances on the graves of the haters. <laughs> so I. that's why I'm not putting up more of a fight. Grey Cat, get that tattooed on you in Latin. <laughs> uh, so it's time for the new and improved season three penalty box. Now with more stunning action. <laughs> oh. All right, I'm going to slip into the penalty box here. What will you uh, be reading to us today, Mr. Flora? Well, as many of you know, we try to record listener mail as close to the date of release as possible. That's right, so it's up to date. However, that means that sometimes we are recording other things before we record listener mail. Uh, it just so happens that this week we needed to do some research before we recorded listener mail on right. the one, the only... Alex Jones here, we trying were, to convince the elderly to give you their money. We were on his side. Using fear, intimidation, and hacky news reporting. And uh, for the penalty box, I am going to read uh, the section called Today on the Alex Jones Show for uh, you. You said it wrong. It's okay. Today on the Alex Jones Show. You only show the balls to tell America the truth. I'll I'll try to do my best, Alex Jones, while I do this, too. No way. Okay. All right. All right. Flora, I sentence you to the penalty box until I have deemed you rehabilitated. Today on the Alex Jones Show, on this Tuesday's April 8th edition of the Alex Jones Show, Alex breaks down explosive situations recorded in both the U.S. and abroad. Supporters of Nevada kind of kind of rich. <laughs> Cliven Cliven? Cliven Bundy violated an unconstitutional free speech zone by staging a rally to support the rancher who is currently embroiled with a f- conflict in the Bureau of Land Management over gra- <laughs> grazing rights. In other news, House Republicans are pushing for criminal cold chargers against former IRS employee Lois Lambert relating to the IRS <laughs> targeting of the Tea Party groups and abroad. I, it's, it's, okay, okay, you've had enough. We've had enough. Wow. Wow, a wee wah. Oh, oh, 
Welcome back to society. You've paid your debts. <laughs> oh, man. Thanks a lot. Better you than me, brother. Uh, That's what you get for acoustically riding dirty, man. You're going to get popped by the popo. New new penalty box. Oh, yeah. I think thing, it works. Yeah. That's that's unpleasant. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. Thanks, Grey Cat. Yeah, cool. and uh, thank you all. We uh, we're just gonna keep this. We're just gonna keep this rolling thing with with the, the, the listener mail. Uh, if you didn't hear your email this week, you're gonna hear it next week. Don't that's how that goes. So please Don't keep them coming. We love the emails, and I mean, clearly we we give you a, a damn stage play for everything. <laughs> I I don't know what the hell that was about tonight. I'm I'm not drunk. Yeah, just, right. Just feel like it. Yeah. So, anyways, keep them coming. Please do. Thank you, everybody. Oh man, thank you so much for your continued interest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't forget, uh, write in uh, on blurryphotos.org. Check out the the contact page and and write us in. Tell us what you think uh, might have happened. Tell us if if disappearance or disappearances. That's should important. Win. Send us a pun or z- plural. <laughs> or uns, uh, ask a question or, or uh, uh, call us out or whatever. Yeah, go to Facebook and like us. We're getting on up there. Yep. Continue the like war with old Fairpoint. That's podcast. right. At this point, we're just kicking a corpse, <laughs> and it feels good. <laughs> That's right. I said it. <laughs> Y'all Simpsons loving motherfuckers. <laughs> it's a good episode, by the way, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Um, go to YouTube and subscribe to us. Yes. Uh, go on iTunes and rate us. And yeah, review give us, us. them Cinco Starzo. And uh, also, if you if you are, are just joining us, we have a, a shiny donate button on the on the website. It sparkles and it's resplendent. And if you uh, if you just have some spare change laying around, if you're like, man, I want a cup of coffee today, but I don't, cause uh, I, I've got all these winter pounds that are still <laughs> on me, and I don't want to keep adding to them. Then why not uh, yeah, go with the Blurry Photos Fitness Plan? <laughs> Give us the money you are going to spend on food. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is uh, we we actually discussed this before we had the button, but like we've got some extraordinarily ambitious plans for season three. Like season three is when we really lose our damned minds, and we're gonna we need your help for that. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> and thank you very much to oh, all for those, those who have. Who sent have in. Yes, you so are so generous. The of you. best human beings. So anyways, I think that'll do it for this episode of, of Blurry Photos. Yeah. I have been Danville B. Flora. <laughs> I thought about that too. <laughs> but instead, I am the Royal Comedian Mounted David Stecco. <laughs> <laughs> Boy. Bye. Sorry.